Welcome to the Commons Cast. We're glad to have you here. We hope you find something meaningful in our teaching this week. Head to commons.church for more information. I've already said it a couple times. Thanks again for being here today. So nice to see you. We're honored, as always, that you would take time out of your weekend plans to spend some time with us here at Commons. And I also want to, before we get going too far, I want to say thank you to those of you who were able to join us last week for Easter. It was a wonderful celebration, complete with a mini donut party out in the parking lot, which, of course, was in keeping with us telling the last of Jesus's parables about lost things. I mean, we were looking at parables for several weeks, and we looked specifically at these stories where at the end of it, we have this picture of the divine feverishly looking for things, and then once what is lost is found, in all of these stories, a party breaks out, which is this beautiful picture of what grace looks like and that fact that it's always searching for us. Yes, But it's also why, while we stay engaged as a community here in the way that we look at the scriptures at Commons, and we pay attention to our world, and we try to make a big deal about Jesus, we also celebrate, and we enjoy our life together. Because grace is teaching us, week by week, just how wide and how big and how bright God's goodness is, how it's rooted in the everyday circumstances of our lives, how it makes us grow and care for each other, and this gives us more than enough reason to celebrate and party, if you will. And with that said, that's part of how we come to something that we call Vision Sunday here, and we're gonna talk more about that in a second, but first, I wanna say a couple things about how more importantly, to some degree, this is the second Sunday of Easter. And for some of us, that might be curious language because our experience of Easter has always been more of a one-day encounter. It's a time maybe for meeting up with family and overeating and getting some cheap chocolate and wearing maybe nicer clothes than usual, whatever. The, the point is that Easter tide, which is one of the traditions of Christian practice, is actually a 50-day feast It's this long extended season of light and lightheartedness, of lively living and celebration. And what's curious is how so few of us actually engage in the rhythms of this tradition. And I love how theologian N.T. Wright invites us to this because he writes about how absurd and unjustifiable, which is such a British way of saying this, absurd and unjustifiable it is that we spend 40 days keeping Lent and being somber and thinking about self-denial, thinking about how our appetites cost us something in the world and how these things come to a head in Monday, Thursday and Good Friday and then we only celebrate for one morning on Easter. And he suggests that we revisit how we keep Easter in our communities and in our homes, especially if our practice of Easter is marked by this 40 to one ratio. And to do so, we're encouraged to see that if Lent is a time for giving things up, then Easter should be a time for taking things up. Maybe a new venture or a new habit, maybe an old source of joy that we have left behind us for whatever reason. And as we do this, we search for and find places and things that spark life in us. And maybe as you hear me talk about this, you're not quite sure what that would look like because maybe your hands are already full with your work or with the little people in your lives or maybe you're dealing with physical weakness in this season 
Or maybe your schedule is already loaded and Netflix just keeps giving you killer recommendations. And what I wonder though, is if newness isn't easier sometimes than we think it is. Where we could engage in Eastertide, this feast in our tradition, this time of extended celebration by simply doing the things we love with more care and intention. Some of you might write poetry or compose music. Now would be a great time to do that intentionally. Some of us may have already planted our gardens, unfortunately. Some of us are going to do that in the next few days, and maybe we could do that with intention, get our hands into the earth. Some of us might be wanting to redesign a space or a room in our home. Maybe we need to lean into a friendship or a relationship with a neighbor or a colleague. Maybe we just need to ride new paths on our bikes or try new dishes, or maybe just making a new commitment to take care of our bodies. Maybe going for a walk in the morning, taking our kids out in the evening. Maybe it's more of a commitment to bring newness to our minds again, finding new authors, returning to something that we used to study and haven't for a long time, or picking up a hobby that's fallen into disuse. There's so many suggestions, but let me offer one more opportunity for some of you in something that might be new because we are hosting another blanket exercise this Saturday at our Kensington Parish. And this is this interactive experience designed by indigenous peoples here in Canada to walk settling peoples through this crazy land history that we have. And it's an open and accessible way for us to learn the history of our own nation and those of our neighbors. And then we're able to move forward with understanding and with some empathy, which what we are learning is that this can be the first step towards the kinds of reconciliation that we want to work for as a community. And if you've ever experienced before, or if you haven't experienced before, I want to encourage you that it is a fantastic time. The problem is that space is limited in it and you can register online, as always, at commons.church events, or you can check out our Connection Center because we can get you signed up that way. The point of why I would mention something like this is because in so many ways, events like this are part and core of our vision as a community where we believe that as we listen to each other, we open ourselves to the story of other people, we become fuller versions of ourselves both as individuals, but then as a group. Because we are not complete as a church or as a parish without the stories of indigenous peoples, and we aren't complete until we listen to women and queer persons and sometimes white dudes like me and immigrants and people of color, where every time we do this, we open ourselves, to, we open ourselves up to another person's story and we recognize the profound beauty in it But when we do this, we also notice life in another. And when we do that, we come closer to noticing the divine that's everywhere, which is just one example of how you might lean into the next few weeks of Christian time with this dedicated commitment to welcoming resurrection and maybe even helping create it and sharing it with those who are around you. So, Let me wish you Easter wishes by saying, may you Easter well, friends. And in offering that invitation, we're gonna spend some time today thinking about our future here together at Commons. But first, join me in a moment of prayer. God, you are the God of new life and of new beginnings, of renewal in all things great and small, and today we are caught up in resurrection. 
And whether or not we feel like newness is present to us, maybe we are facing difficulty or rhythms in our life that feel all too familiar. Today, we participate in the mystery of how your love moves and shapes and changes our stories. And this is why we ask in these moments that we share right now that you would help us to see with fresh perspective and hopeful anticipation as individuals, but also with courage and focus in our shared journey as a community. Because we realize that a life of faith is a moving and evolving pursuit and that to trust the work of grace and to give our lives to sharing the beauty of it, that is always to be changing. Exploring new paths and places and always following your spirit into the corners of our hearts and our world that need more light. And so we ask that you would guide us now in the name of the risen Christ, our hope, amen. All right, well, we have some work to get done today, so we're going to jump right in because with this focus on vision, we need to talk through some parish details, some community developments, and we're going to think about the material of grace. And this will probably feel like a little bit of a different conversation than what we usually offer on a Sunday. Don't worry, we will be back to normal next week. But the truth is that these kind of clarifying pauses in community have been part of the church's history since its inception. Because the first Christians spread out across the Roman Empire in the wake of Jesus' life, and they didn't always know what they were doing or what it meant to live out their faith in a community in this new way. And this is why leaders like the Apostle Paul, they wrote letters to remind these young communities. They gave lots of instructions, yes. They said, don't do this and make sure you do this thing. But also, they said things like this which was written to the church in Ephesus. Paul wrote, you are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You aren't strangers or outsiders anymore. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. And with words like that, small Christian communities gathered around ideas that they felt best expressed the good news that God had brought to us in Jesus which is what we do when we reflect on vision for our lives and on the direction that we wanna take together. And we're gonna come back to this before we close today because I get it. Some of us have been around some less than stellar vision conversations, probably in a professional environment where somebody was trying to walk us through as a team and you just wish you could get out of there. And this is why here at Commons, we try to be really clear about how we value being an intellectually honest and a spiritually passionate community with Jesus at the center of it. And we like to talk about how these values shape our efforts to become a network of neighborhood parishes in the heart of this city, which is the thing that we think Commons uniquely contributes to those living here in Calgary. Like other churches, we wanna see the divine renewal of all things work its way into the nuts and bolts of everyday life. And we are super committed to embodying that as a group of connected parishes, which I need to tell you is a big part of why Darlene and I shifted our, in our careers and we chose to move back to Calgary in the first place. See, like many of you, we had experiences in other religious communities that we are thankful for, but we had come to a place in our journey where we wanted our faith to connect with local flair. 
And we wanted to be part of an organization willing to hold the pursuit and the metrics of growth with the right kinds of attachment. With a focus on keeping the room small enough for people to connect. And while at the same time leveraging our collective strength and our resources to help welcome people in local space and extend our efforts in justice both here and abroad. And that's some of what has brought us all to today, where as the first of Commons parish plants, we are getting close to a year and a half here in Inglewood, which is super exciting and it's super humbling too. Because the story of Inglewood Commons has been and always will be a story of your lives too. The steps that you take, the relationships that you're cultivating, the justice and the beauty that you bring to bear, not just on Sundays, but in all the moments that you live. Which reminds me regularly that the church is not something that I sustain, but it's something that we participate in and we build together. And I wanna thank you for the ways that you've helped us to grow in that so far. But having said that, there are some things on the horizon, some parish details that we wanna give you a sense of and remind ourselves of, and the first of these is something that has already arrived for us, it's become a reality, and that's this extended kids space that we have here now at the Inglewood Community Association. We are just a couple weeks into our use of it, we opened it in the crazy time around Easter, and we had a lot of fun, and we appreciate your patience, as those of you who are parents here in the community, as we work through our systems and get better at controlling the pretty significant traffic that we have back there, and we, we could be happier about the potential that this new step offers us because yes your children are safer because they don't have a boardroom table head hazard anymore and we don't have to cross an ice rink anymore every week but it also gives our volunteers better tools and resources to tell the story of Jesus well and it helps to provide some space for those of you with newly mobile and fiercely vocal infants and toddlers if you feel that you need it but it also gives us, as long as this community hall is our home, it gives us room to grow organically. And we are gonna take the steps necessary to improve in the ways that we serve our youngest members. And I wanna take a moment here to thank our kids coordinator, Keely Craig. She is not in here, obviously, because she's helping out with our children right now. I'm thankful for the key role that she's played as we've started a parish here. And I wanna celebrate too the work that's been done by so many of you as our kids volunteers for serving faithfully with limited and limiting space as you've sh shared the story of Jesus with young people here at Commons. Because listen, I don't know if you know this, but sociologically, we know that the majority of the church's growth globally comes from children being raised and welcomed into the church. And then as they become adults, they are connected to the church when they choose to stick around, which makes the ways that we care for and teach our children, informing their imaginations about God's love and teaching them to think critically and generously, this is some of the most important work that we do as a community. And I'm grateful for each of you who serve on that particular team and how you help us do just that. And I am so excited for the ways that we can get better each and every week, so thank you. Okay, so there's one more quick parish point that I wanna bring to the forward. And this is the fact that this summer we are going to be hosting our first Sampede breakfast here in Inglewood. July the 7th, we're gonna cancel our regular liturgy and we're gonna bring and invite our community into a liturgy of neighborhood. 
And one of the things that I love about older neighborhoods like Inglewood is the way that they inspire us to longevity. And here's what I mean by that. I was at a meeting here in the community just a couple weeks ago where the people introduced themselves around the circle by saying their name and then by saying how long they had lived in this part of the city. And of course, I haven't been around that long, so I felt really out of place. But part of what that meeting did is it challenged me to a kind of aspirational living where I wanted to contribute my energy and my volunteering. And in fact, it made me want to build a parish as a kind of gift to the future of these places that we love. And I think that this is part of what we do when we choose to host a neighborhood for carb cakes and country music on a warm summer morning. It's, it's not just a lot of work, which we're going to invite you to help us with, and it certainly is a lot of fun but it also offers us a joyful reminder and to every person who comes and is with us in that space, it reminds us that shared life is what's most meaningful and that local parishes have been and always will be one of the best situated social groups to spark this in community. Many of you may not know that when Commons started in Kensington, the pancake breakfast was this key connection point for people in West Hillhurst. And it's one that we know has brought people to join us uh, at Christmas and at Easter as we tell the story of Jesus. And it's one that we know shifts the way that people look at the church, which is why we're excited to start this same kind of tradition here. Now, these kinds of slow, methodical steps that we take here in Inglewood are just part of some of the broader commons community developments that I wanna talk about for just a second here. And we're leaning into these because we have noticed something about the people who find their way to commons. That the further they feel from Christianity, the more touch points they need before they ever walk through the door into one of our gatherings. And we see this in a couple of ways. First, when you might invite someone to a church or to a stampede breakfast, for instance, it might take a couple of tries. And this does not mean that we should be doubling down and annoying and pestering people but it can mean that sometimes people just need a second chance. And just to, as an example of this, Darlene and I have these newish friends who invited us to go climbing with them a while back. And initially, I wasn't particularly keen on the idea. I mean, I used to be an athlete, and I like to pretend that I'm still fit, but there is something about putting on gear that resembles an elaborate set of underwear and then hanging off of a 45-foot wall while pretending you're not chafing in front of a bunch of strangers. There was just something about that, and I, I had climbed before, but I wasn't sure I wanted to test this new friendship that we were starting that publicly. But guess what? They invited us again. And even after we went once, and we obviously slowed them down, they invited us a second time. And of course, I'm not suggesting that going to church and climbing involve the same degree of discomfort. It really depends on the person. But the truth is that sometimes we have to figure out the tension between being open about the way we live in the world and about our own spiritual practices and just being annoying with people. Because the reality is that some people need us to be good friends and out of that place of trust to just ask again, will you come and be part of my life? That's one way that we see things changing. But then two, we're learning more about those who are beyond our social networks who are further from Christianity, how they often tend to need more digital touches with us as a community than ever before. We find that if you have moved into one of our neighborhoods and you're looking for a church, you might just show up one day. We saw this when we launched this community. 
Or maybe if you've attended another church and you're looking for somewhere that fits who you've becoming, who you're becoming, you might watch a video online before coming to Commons, or you most certainly are going to read our website. Maybe if you've stepped away from church and maybe thought of coming back, you've probably seen us on Facebook or you've watched a video that somebody liked. Maybe you've listened to a podcast a time or two before thinking about showing up. But if you have had little to no contact with the Christian story, if you come to know what Commons is at all, you are probably going to watch and listen for months, if not years, before testing out community. And the truth is that I saw this kind of activity all the time in my secular research on religion in Canada. And you know what? It makes a lot of sense if you think about it. The less we know, the more apprehensive we are. And we wanna make sure that we're gonna be welcomed in a place. We wanna see if this community lives out what it claims before we open ourselves up to it emotionally. And this is why, since the beginning of the new year, you may have noticed that we're putting some more energy into digital content as a community. We're just creating conversations for Facebook and YouTube in an effort to give these connections or make them personal and quick, quickly, even before it, or even as it has to live online for a long time or longer than we've seen it had to in the past. And this is new for us. We're not completely sure what we're doing, and for me, this is one of the ways that I am leaning into the creative impulse that Easter calls me to. But the goal is to begin our conversation with people as early as possible. To offer that as long as is necessary for them to be open to community. And we also want to tie our weekend gatherings like this to the quiet moments and the commuting times that you find in your life so that even if you're actively invested in community or if you're just standing on the fringes online, you're able to engage the story of Jesus during the week where you live. Now, we understand that these connections online are great, but they're just part of the picture. Because one of the things that we've heard from you since we started here in Inglewood is how the, what draws you to Paris life are the connections made between us. And I love how I've heard time and time again how our community ex- creates a tangible sense of welcome. And of course, we can get better and we will do better at this. Where we stay committed to this idea that hellos during coffee break and meetups around town, that these, along with groups and teams and dinners, these are the primary ways that commons can come alive for us. And listen, we, we know that every individual sitting here today, every family that's represented, every single one of us is busy. And this is one of the reasons we started talking in 2019 about friendships. Not because we think friendships, we can make them happen, but we wanna work hard at creating the environment for connections to start and form. And one of the ways that we are looking to experiment a little bit with this is in our groups. Because right now in our parishes, across all of them, we have more than 30 amazing groups that meet in the city. There's more than 300 people averaging every week, which is awesome. But we also know that joining a regular group here at Commons isn't an option for some of us based on our schedule. And this is why we're gonna start experimenting with different formats for groups in addition to what we are already doing. We're actually looking at starting some short-term groups, which will meet for six weeks with a start and an end date, focused topic, and maybe for some of us sitting here, that it's like, well, I don't see how a group that only meets for six weeks, you could form the right kinds of connection. But I don't know about you, but I think the truth is that many of us have had experience where we made an important bond with somebody in a really short period of time. 
Maybe you can think of an example of that in your own story. And we think that this is an option that we can pursue as a community in the hopes that others can be welcomed in. Another option that we're looking at is synchronous digital groups, which sounds complicated, but basically all it is is us looking at options for video calling that would help a group that has difficult schedules to meet online and in person when it's necessary. And we're super excited about the technology and the resources that are gonna allow us to make this happen for different kinds of groups. And the third experiment is asynchronous digital groups which is basically just a group that uses a platform like Slack or Discord, and through a private chat room or online discussion, you create an online conversation, even when people aren't available all of the time at the same time. And of course, I understand, even in a room this large or with this many people, there are gonna be many of us that may not find these options compelling. And the idea, is not that these experiments would ever replace the kinds of meaningful connections that we make face-to-face over time. But we do acknowledge how technology does make community accessible for people who are outside the boundaries of of our space, and at least in part, we think that this is part of what makes the gospel beautiful. How it meets us where we are as opposed to demanding that we move to a different place. Which, for those of you who helped us start here in Inglewood, this might sound familiar because this effort to make the story of Jesus present to people where they are is central to our parish vision for Calgary. And it's why over the next year, we are going to begin to dream about what it means for us to start a third parish. And we don't have any firm timelines for what we're gonna do. Uh, We don't even really have sure direction about how and where to do it, but what we do feel is this deep conviction that the good news of resurrection is big enough and deep enough to be shared with more of the people that we live with and work with every day. And we want to be working to make the pathways to that good news easier to find and easier to stay on and easier to walk because of their proximity to where people already live. And you know what? Maybe all of this sounds like a lot. Maybe it feels like the last thing we should be doing is thinking about what's around the corner. And I I get that because there are some times in my life where I just wanna buckle down And I wanna button the hatches and I wanna protect myself against the unknown of what's coming. Sometimes I'm not sure I can or I want to move forward. And as I was thinking through my own emotions about some of this stuff this week, our call to worship text from last Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, it came to my mind, this resounding call into the newness of resurrection. And it was taken from Paul's letters to his friends in Ephesus, who were people just like us, trying to figure out how to follow Jesus, trying to figure out how to love each other, trying to tell the story well. And Paul says to them, as I read to you earlier, you aren't strangers anymore. You belong here because God is building a home, using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what's being built. And the apostles and the prophets were the foundation and now God is using you, fitting you brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all of the parts together. And we see it taking shape 
day by day, this holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. I don't know if you can hear it, but in Paul's words there, we hear echoes of our Easter parables where lost sheep and lost coins and lost children were brought home. But we also hear this invitation that's big enough for every vision that we caught sight of and wrote down for ourselves earlier as we reflected and for every direction that commons might take. Because we do hope that this church would be a place where people could be welcomed And we dream of being a community where people, regardless of their differences, would never be considered outsiders. And we pray that in all of our simple service and our volunteering and our online content and our quiet efforts to care for and love, that these would build the kind of space that God could fill. And in affirming these things, we're reminded that this has always been God's way of making the world new. Small communities starting where the rumors of new life bring people together. Outsiders and misfits, Jews and Gentiles, uptown and uptown rich and poor, all of us finding our place and gathered around a vision large enough to include all of the world, but small enough to make our daily choices and our weekly commitments and our yearly growth the material of grace. Life by life, brick by brick, built into a place where the divine can live for the good of our homes and our neighborhoods, our city and our world. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for the road ahead, for the ways in which your work in our individual lives and then also your work in us as a parish, the way that it invites us to step forward. And of course there are, oh man, there are a hundred things we could have talked about today as we think about how we wanna shift and how we wanna change and how we wanna mature. And God, we're grateful that your grace is at work in all of the small methodical steps we take for the ways in which we choose to be open to each other, the ways in which we come to space, we welcome here, but also the work that we do, the friendships we offer to those we work with and the ways we extend your grace in our professional lives. We ask, as we stand sort of in this season of Easter, this opportunity that we might feel to engage in new life. Pray that you would draw us further, help us to trust your good work, not just for our own heart and our own individual life, though we do ask you for that, but we pray that you would help Commons to be more like you as we put you at the center of it welcoming every person home that we can. And we pray this in the name of Christ, our hope. Amen.